This is Millennially Speaking, a podcast about politics, pop culture, and everything in between. I'm David Latimer. This week, we're talking about gun violence in America, a failed movie venture, and the problem of toxic patriotism. But first, I want to talk about gun violence in America. And if you've been living under a rock, here's what happened last weekend. There were actually two mass shootings in the country within 24 hours. One was in El Paso, Texas, and the other was in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, the one in Texas, at this point, it looks like, I believe, 22 victims. There were 22 people who were killed. And in Dayton, it was, I believe, around 10, maybe nine were killed. Both suspects were male suspects. We're still trying to understand a little bit about both of them. We have a little bit more insight about the El Paso shooter, though, and he actually left a manifesto that basically outlined his entire reasoning for the attack, and he posted it on a website called 8chan, which is a an anonymous forum where it wasn't designed to be this, but it has become a place for hate speech, and uh, a lot of times you'll get these kinds of manifestos will appear on here, and there's not enough time for law enforcement to take care of the situation and take it down or, you know, pursue what's going on. But anyway, this manifesto that he posted, it detailed a lot of things, especially about his fear of Mexican immigrants and calling it an invasion of Mexicans from crossing the border because El Paso, this particular shooter, he shot up a Walmart in El Paso and this Walmart is only about 10 minutes from the border and it, he chose this target specifically because of its proximity to the border and because it's one of the biggest volume stores in Walmart and with it being so close to the border, you get a lot of cross between you know, people coming from Mexico and people in America, mostly a Hispanic area, regardless of where they're coming from. It is a mostly Hispanic area. So he targeted this area specifically and because he drove across the state of Texas. He doesn't live there. He lives uh, on the, I believe, on the western or the, sorry, the eastern side of Texas, whereas El Paso is on sort of the far western edge closest to uh, Mexico over on that side. And it's very clear that this is the reason. And what's getting so frustrating to me is that because we are so accustomed to mass shootings, we get into this repetition of going over, and it's both sides, but it's this continual going over the same talking points every single time. And I'm just so done and I'm so tired of the same talking points. And I'm also tired of saying that I'm tired of talking about the talking points because we've been through this so many times that we're just, we're numb and we're going through this same cycle every single time. So you get the same arguments again of it was video games, which there is no link between someone playing video games and their desire to commit mass murder. There are a few studies that have been done that say that it can increase aggression in people, but there is no sound link yet. There is no, and and they've been talking about this and they've been saying the same thing since the 90s. They've been doing this since 
Columbine. And they said that the shooters at Columbine were big video game players and that that's one of the reasons that they were shooting up a school. And and we've just gotten to this point where we're repeating that talking point and there just is no hard evidence because there are so many other people who play these video games that don't commit mass murder and have no intentions of committing mass murder. You talk a lot about mental health. You hear that, oh, it's we have a mental health problem in the country and we have issues of, you know, we need to, to deal with mental health problems. And while that might be true, we don't know yet if this person that committed these murders has any either diagnosed mental illness or mental disorder or is suffering with anything. We don't know that. So to diagnose somebody and, and to say that, well, anybody that kills somebody or anybody that's doing all of this clearly has to be, you know, mentally ill or you don't know that. Sometimes people are not that they're mentally ill, but that they are driven by an ideology that makes them feel like they need to do these things, that it has nothing to do with mental illness. So all of a sudden, whenever we get these mass shootings, we all suddenly become doctors and we all become these, you know, certified people who are able to diagnose mental illness. And, And on top of that, there's also the talking point that well, we're on all these medications and all these ADHD drugs, and when you take people off these drugs, and again, we don't know that. Everyone is just using that talking point to distract and to steer the conversation away of, well, it could be that he was crazy because he went off his meds. You don't even know that, one, he takes meds, or two, that he went off the meds. And that is really wrong to start making those kinds of arguments because there is no evidence at this point that that is the case. What is the case, and he admitted it in his police affidavit, is he went to target Mexicans. He specifically said that. That just broke today. I'm recording this on Friday. And it broke today that in his police affidavit, he said he was targeting Mexicans. There is no other reason for him to be committing this killing, these mass killings, is because he specifically went to target a specific group of people because he was following an ideology. It's amazing how conservatives and Republicans understand that concept when you're talking about radical Islam. And someone can be radicalized by the far side of a movement and become radicalized by that and understand that those people were committing acts for a particular reason and a particular ideology. But when it comes to this, and this particular ideology of either white supremacy or just a hatred towards the other, you get this, oh, well, it could be something else, and it could be, and there's no, we have no idea why. You do know why. You're just deflecting. You are steering the conversation away because you do not want to admit a hard truth. Now, you have the other issue, the the shooting in Dayton, Ohio. Now, that one, again, we're still learning more about that as well. He he killed a member of his family, so we don't know if it was related to that or if it was completely unrelated. But what we're hearing now about this guy is that there were a lot of warning signs. There were, uh, when he was in high school, he's he had a couple of people come out and say that he had a hit list and he had a rape list, which that's another one of those sort of you brush it off and you play it off when you're in high school because you don't ever think that someone's going to actually do something like that. 
but then you realize that there really is something that is driving them and something that is making them be this way. One of the other things they like to blame is the breakdown of the family, that they're not, you know, mom and dad in the house, which I know plenty of people who don't have either a mom or a dad living at home or grew up in a split family and are totally fine. It's these arguments that we're just trying to completely ignore any discussion related to guns and not, again, I am a moderate, so I'll say this. I am not in favor of confiscating guns from law-abiding people, nor am I in favor of any kind of insane gun legislation that would ban lots of types of guns. But what I want to call out, and that's the, the main thing with my show here, is I like to call out BS on both sides. Neither side wants to come to the table to actually give a real solution. Because the Democrats are just only talking about guns and wanting to take guns away, or, or particular types of guns, and Republicans have zero interest in talking about that at all, and are just deflecting and turning it somewhere else. So there is there, there are a few things that are happening right now that are certain types of legislation. One of the things that they're talking about are red flag laws, which would actually enable someone to take someone to court and say that there are these things, X, Y, and Z, and that's why I think we should, or, or this person should not have weapons. And a court can then actually confiscate someone's weapons, which the fact that that's getting any support on the right is amazing because that is specifically one of the things that they are afraid of is gun confiscation. And another talking point that I wanted to sort of squash was on the right and from the NRA, you always hear that the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. So not just police officers and security guards, but also just regular people. Okay. So if a regular person, if a bunch of regular people have guns, then we shouldn't have these mass killings, right? Well, in Dayton, Ohio, the guy was taken down in about 30 seconds and he still killed nine people. That's still a mass shooting. And it ended in 30 seconds. You know, there were there were plenty of police around the area where this shooting took place. So that's another example where uh, a talking point is completely squashed because we have an example of it. That, yes, you can look at places like Parkland and the Parkland shooting that the the security guards and things like that, had they done their job and had they done a better job at what they needed to do, perhaps there could have been less carnage. But when someone does do their job, you still end up with this kind of a massacre. So it's not always the answer that more guns equals more safety. And to go along with all of this rhetoric about video games and things like that, Walmart has said that they're going to continue to sell guns, but that they're going to be pulling ads for some of their violent video games or some of the demos for it. And ABC and ESPN are pulling the broadcast of the eSports Apex Legends that was scheduled for this weekend. It's a first-person shooter game. They're pulling that broadcast. This right there is just playing into the narrative. It's the idea that guns are to blame, or are not to blame, or, or any type of weaponry is not to blame, but it's the video games. We've passed it on to video games again. And again, there is no solid link that shows that anyone playing video games is going to suddenly become a mass murderer. We don't even know if this person that shot up either of these places in Dayton or in El Paso is a big video game player. Yet we're still 
on that same talking point, and I'm just fed up with it. And I wish that collectively we could all admit that both sides have retreated into their very distant corners and could actually get something accomplished and actually talk about something that's substantive instead of just pushing the same narratives over and over and over again and getting us nowhere. So next what I'd like to talk about are movies. And specifically, I want to talk about a movie venture called MoviePass. So if you've ever heard of MoviePass, you may have heard of some terrible things that are going on in the company. So MoviePass is a subscription service where you pay a monthly fee, sort of like Netflix, where you can go to the movie theater and actually see movies in theaters by just paying this rate every month. So it started several years ago. The The venture actually began back in 2011, and it was this very small venture at the time. It was originally priced at, I believe it was almost $100 a month, and it, w- it gave you this unlimited movies at any theater all year, and you could see as many movies as you wanted every single day for $99 a month, which is kind of expensive. That's really expensive. But what happened was, is it it finally came to a big point, and, and it really became something that people were looking at and considering when they lowered the price to basically a flash sale to $10 a month to be able to see unlimited movies. And that caught people's attention. Because if you've ever been to a movie lately, you know that movies are expensive. You know, even cheap movies, you know, they're... and you only get to see one movie. You can go on, some movie theaters have like cheap days, like it'll, it'll be a, you know, Wednesday matinee or something for $5, but even that, you'd have to see only two movies a month, and then you'd already surpass the movie pass allowance. So they lowered the cost, and all of a sudden it exploded to millions of subscribers. So This is sort of bringing in this new era of subscriptions to go to the movies. And it's the goal is to bring people back to the movie theater. But MoviePass has had a lot of issues ever since. So there were several times they have changed their business model. They lowered the cost a couple of different times, including as recently as uh, 2018, they lowered the cost down to $7.95 a month, then even as low as $6.95 a month, which that's pretty hard to pass on. But then they kept changing some of the rules. So they added a new plan and removed the unlimited plan. This plan would be a three-movie-a-month plan that was bundled with an iHeartRadio all-access pass. So Immediately, you have this, what was presented as an unlimited plan is no longer unlimited, and it's completely cut off. So now you're paying, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten dollars $10 a month for three movies a month. Still not bad, but it's not what you were promised. Then, in that same year, just a couple of months later, they were losing money. Like, lots of money. And at one point, they actually shut down their service for a while because they missed a loan payment. 
So you actually could not get in and use the MoviePass service. The unlimited plan that anybody who was grandfathered into was eventually cut, so you could no longer use that plan. And by the end of 2018, there were millions of subscribers that had just dropped. They actually lost 90% of their subscriber base. And they actually, uh, a class action lawsuit was filed as a bait and switch that you were promised an unlimited plan and now you were given this not even close to unlimited plan. Now in the news, there's accusations that some of the heaviest users of MoviePass, that the company actually changed the passwords of these people so that way they couldn't get in to their user account and actually use the service. So MoviePass is definitely hurting. There's definitely some issues there. And I think it's a shame because I think it's a very interesting idea. And you've got now sort of MoviePass, I think, was the first to do it. Now you've got theaters like AMC and Regal are starting their own plans where you can go and see unlimited movies or a certain number of movies at their theaters, which I think is a cool idea. You know, MoviePass tried that model and it wasn't working. And they even at one point, I think one of the models actually was that you couldn't even watch certain big movies. You could only watch, you know, you, you could pick from like six different movies in the day. And it was, you could watch unlimited times in the day, but only these six movies. Well, what is that? You know, at least with places like the AMC plan, it does cost a little bit more, but you can see as many movies as you want. You see, you know, one per day all month long. So you still get this, you know, sort of an unlimited idea in that you can watch one movie a day all month. And I think that is worth it. And I think AMC also has the leverage to do it because they can do it at all of their theaters. Many of these places were actually dropping support for MoviePass because they weren't getting paid. And that's a big problem. And I think MoviePass is really operating in an unethical way because of not only the bait-and-switch tactics, but the sort of opaqueness of the business model and how they are... You know, the the idea that they're changing passwords so that way you can't get in just so you won't be able to use the service. I think that's insane. I hope that somebody can figure this out and somebody can make a subscription service like this work. But clearly there is something that MoviePass got wrong from the start. And I don't think that they can really recover from this because their name has been tainted so much from all of the mistakes up until now. So lastly, what I want to talk about is a story from a couple of days ago. There was a man in Montana who they were at a, a county fair in the area and they did the national anthem. And this guy, he is 39 years old. He looks over and he sees a young kid wearing his hat during the national anthem. Uh, so he says something to him and tells him to take off his hat. He apparently cursed at him, and then the guy attacks this 13-year-old boy for not taking off his hat during the National Anthem. Later, he says that he he was being disrespectful to the anthem. He, he believes the boy was being disrespectful by not removing his hat, and turns out later... Now that he has, obviously he has retained a attorney, an attorney for this matter, he says that he was not aware or, or 
wouldn't think that the conduct is unlawful because of that, because the kid was disrespecting the anthem. And I have a lot of problems with this story. So, first of all, I am an Eagle Scout. I grew up knowing about respect for my country and being someone who is very respectful of the flag and my country. But I have a major problem with people in this country getting so... I think uptight isn't the right word, but there's just this thing about patriotism in this country that has become a little toxic, that certain people take it too far, and clearly this is an example of that, and this is an extreme example, but what I mean is that the boy wearing his hat, in the end, you know, if you look at the big picture, the boy wearing his hat during the national anthem is not just going to do anything or, you know, he's not shouting during the national anthem, he's not booing during the national anthem, he's not doing anything that is disruptive, he's just wearing a hat, which in this country, taking off your hat is a sign of respect for the anthem and for what the anthem represents. And I know that the anthem is a very touchy subject because of the NFL kneeling issue, but obviously that's not what I want to go into. But I think wearing a hat is, it can be disrespectful, but obviously what is more disrespectful is making a scene out of it. So I've seen plenty of times when someone's singing the national anthem or when we're out doing something and you've got either people who are sitting or they don't have their hand over their heart or they're talking or, or doing something, not paying attention. You know, if you go into the military, they teach you, you know, no matter what's happening, if they're raising a flag or if they are something that is a symbolic patriotic thing, you stop whatever you're doing and you pay attention. So like when they're doing taps, you stop no matter where you are and you pay attention. And I get that. Not everyone has that same level of respect or that same level of understanding because they haven't grown up knowing that kind of this is just the etiquette. This is what you do. And obviously, I think the kid should have just removed his hat, for sure. And if, if it's true that he was cursing at the guy, that's disrespectful. Obviously, you know, there's a point where the kid being disrespectful and just, you know, not just, oh, yeah, my bad, let me take my hat off. You know, then it starts to become an actual disrespectful thing where just the act of wearing the hat is not necessarily disrespectful, but the blatant, if I'm told to take my hat off, I'll just do it because I'm like, oh, my bad. You know, that it becomes disrespectful when you're doing it sort of in spite of someone saying you should take it off. And that that would be my only comment on that side of, of saying that, yeah, he really just needed to take it off or, or actually siding with the guy that attacked him in, a, in only that way that if it was mentioned to him, you should just take it off. But also nobody likes to be told what to do, especially by a stranger. So if somebody tells you to take your hat off to be respectful, I would probably do it only because I don't want to be shamed or shunned, but I can understand why somebody would not appreciate that because that's one of those things that you don't like to be told what to do, like I said, especially by a stranger. So like I said, not that patriotism is bad. I think it is incredibly important to be respectful of your country and your flag and what the country and flag stands for. I think that is incredibly important to have that kind of love and understanding of where you are and 
the, the country you live. But there is a point when patriotism becomes super toxic and you get this kind of thing where you get violent patriotism or forced patriotism. That's the, the, and this is the same discussion that they had regarding the national anthem protests in the NFL, that during the national anthem, yeah, I agree you should be respectful and you should stand and, and take your hat off and things like that. But the, the irony of it is, is that because of that song and what that song represents, you can do the things that these people are doing, leaving your hat on, kneeling, doing peaceful protests. That's part of what makes this country great. That, yeah, you should be respectful, and I'm all on board for it, but if you're doing something that is not inherently disrespectful, it's just sort of a either a civil disobedience or silent protest, it's better than the alternative. It's better than the spitting on a flag or speaking during the thing or whatever it is. You know, the, just having a hat on, especially because we don't know if he was doing something to be inherently disrespectful or to you know, civil disobedience or a protest or anything, he may have just been, oh, my bad, I, I'm still wearing my hat, or he didn't, he didn't even think about it, but because somebody was telling him what to do, he didn't like that. So that's what I would say about it, is just don't force anything on anybody, and in the end, as long as you are loving your country, that's what matters, because you can't force anybody to be anything. And that's all for this edition of Millennially Speaking. I'm David Latimer. Be sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you like this podcast, share us with your friends. We're also on Instagram at millennially underscore speaking. We'll be back next week.